we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, claims the paranormal. No, we take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. I'm Carrie Poppy, and in this investigation, I did a lot of really hard work. <laughs> Ross just gets to sit back and listen. What were you doing? Were you married? This yeah, was what was happening when this you did this? This was April 27th. Okay. Yeah, I think I had just left for my honeymoon. Okay, so we are here to talk about John Edward. John Edward, not... Not? John Edwards. Right. See, that's confusing. Mm -hmm. It's one of those names like... Every time I say Christopher Reeves, I have to stop and be like, wait, is it Christopher Reeve? You know, yep. shoot. And then I have to look it up. Like, no, is that George Reeves? That was the other Superman. Anyways, yeah, John Edward. There's mm -hmm. only one. There can be only one. But it's confusing because we know Mark Edward. That's true. And also, this may be like a Christian nerd thing, but I remember when I first heard the name John Edward in relation to the psychic, I thought, wait a second, isn't that the revivalist 1700s preacher, Jonathan Edwards? Oh, wow. Okay. Who, who preached on sinners in the hands of an angry God? I'm just thinking of the politician. Oh, right. Yes, that was that John Edward, Edwards. That's <laughs> yeah, much right. more recent. That's, you know what? And he was very current at the time as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of confusion here. So apparently the psychic John Edward was born John Edward McGee Jr. Whoa, he got rid of McGee? Yeah, John McGee. John McGee. John McGee the psychic. Yeah. That's pretty great. <laughs> I, I feel... Like, you should be able to say John Edward and everybody knows who that is. Sure. Yeah. Renowned psychic John Edward. Is that <laughs> not well known to some well, people? Apparently, that's like 15 years out of date. Because yeah. recently, as I've been telling people this, a lot of people go like, oh, John Edward. And a lot of people go, who now? Yeah. Think he, he does feel like a holdover from the last gen of yeah, psychics. I think in the early 2000s, he would be the number one go-to psychic. You'd have like John Edward and Sylvia Brown. Sylvia Brown. Yeah, but we've moved on and now it's... Tyler Henry. Tyler Henry. Teresa Caputo, I think, is yeah, still a big deal. I think so too. Who are the other big psychics? There's some others. Well, of course, there's Cindy Kaza. <laughs> the evidential medium. There's Tyler John. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, there's always a bunch of them out there and active. But yeah, I think John Edward has fallen a little bit out of the limelight. But I'm sure many of you remember him from South Park, where he was referred to as the biggest douche in the universe. Oh, okay. Like, I think a lot of people still associate that with him. Oh, the yeah. I didn't even remember he was covered by South Park. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, he certainly remembers that, you know, and has a sense of humor about it. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have to. Is South Park still on? Uh, yeah, I think wow. so. Wow. I, Huge if true. I was once really tempted to apply for a job on South Park. Uh -huh. It was like a list of all the things I knew how to do. They were uh -huh. looking for a compositor. But you had to drive down the 405. Mm. And it's one of those shows where <laughs> I watch it and I think... This is just ugly. It's just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad animation. Yeah. And it hurts me to watch it. And then afterwards, I'll want to talk about the ideas. I'll be like, oh, they, they did something really funny. But at the time while I'm watching, I'll be like, oh, this is just kind of gross out and I don't like it. And As an actual like animation nerd, that makes sense. Yeah. And just it just seems kind of crass and it's not my sensibility. But afterwards, it clearly is because then I'll, you know, think it's brilliant. Like, oh, I see. What it's... a great idea. You know, I'm so glad I watched that, even though while I'm watching it, I'm miserable. Anyways. Oh, it's like the uh, the aftertaste. You like yes. the aftertaste. There you go. That's oh, funny. Okay. Good way of saying it. So... Back to John Edward. 
the reason he was called the biggest douche in the universe by South Park was because he is someone who claims to be a medium who can talk to your dead relatives. And they will talk back. <laughs> exactly. And he did it most notably on this TV show that he had called Crossing Over with John Edward, mm -hmm. which was, when would you guess that it was broadcast? Because I think I would have gotten this wrong. Okay, I would guess... Well, can you tell me how many years it was? Yeah, it was a range of four years. Four years. 1998 to 2002. Okay. And I realized as I said four, that would be misleading. Four inclusive. So. Okay. Well, you overlapped it quite well. Mm. 2001 to 2004. Okay. Yeah, yeah. On the sci-fi channel. Oh, wow. I should okay. have quizzed you on that. because Yeah, I wouldn't have I, known that. Yeah, that's wild. Sci-fi. Okay. I no mean, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of give it up for sci-fi, I guess. Yeah, it's like sort of the wrong genre, but well, it's closer than, say, history yep. or, you know, a science channel. And then he had a later show, which I've never seen, called John Edward Cross Country. That was 2006 to 2008 on hmm. Wii TV. And apparently okay. he would like give people readings and then he would go drive around these United States of ours and talk to the people and just see how their lives had been bettered by his readings. Okay, that sounds a little narcissistic, but okay. But going back to what he's best known for, he's known for this crowd work that he does where he'll have, like he did on his show, say 50 people in an audience, and he'll just kind of work his way around and he'll say, okay, I'm I'm sensing an M over here. Who's Mary? Who's Martha? Maggie? Ma Madeline? You know, and then someone will say, oh, Madge, that's my mom. Mm -hmm. oh, yes, see, that's right. I knew that. That's exactly what I meant. And uh, and she was drowning. Did she drown? No. Uh, oh, okay. Who who here? Someone here drowned. Like they know somebody who drowned. Oh, you're you know your I do your nephew but, drowned. Yeah. So he he would do this. He would work a crowd and just kind of smoothly kind of move from one to the other. And that's what he was known for and parodied for on South Park and other places. Yeah, because if you get a big enough room of people, you'll probably be successful at pointing around to random places in the crowd and right. naming letters and conditions. So we've talked many times on the show about cold reading and hot reading. Yeah. And if you haven't heard us talk about it on the show. Very You're about to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Carrie, what's the quick definition of cold reading? A cold reader is a purported psychic who sits down in front of you and takes in as much information as they quickly can from... Just the scene as it lays. Mm -hmm. So the way you're holding your body, the clothes you're wearing, your tone of voice, your age, whether you're wearing a wedding ring, the way you're responding to questions, takes all that in and draws a psychic reading from that data. Mm -hmm. To accuse someone of doing a cold reading is basically to accuse them of like knowingly performing trickery. Mm -hmm. you, okay. can, you can pick up like some of these cues subconsciously, of course, but... And then hot reading, the idea is that they have solid information that they obtained from you by other methods. Either you filled something out in advance or someone talked to you and they were a confederate and they passed along the information or someone did internet research on you, which is very easy to do nowadays and sound like you can say things that are highly specific about someone. And that also requires knowing deception. Yeah, hot reading is definitely like, you know, you've crossed the line there and you're... You're just Googling someone. Clearly, it's a ruse that you're making it look like you just realized from the spirits or whatever the source is information whereas i think you could make more of a case for someone doing cold reading reading body language yeah. and not being fully aware of what they're doing or feeling that you know whatever is popping into their consciousness is not from 
their normal human faculties, but from some other source. Right, right. Yeah, I think that happens too. So John Edward, he is known for being one of those cold readers and, you know, the I'm sensing an M, you know, that's associate that with John Edward. And he just, I mean, I hate to do the central casting thing, but he just doesn't look like who you'd think a psychic would be. Yeah, I was just thinking about this. Similar to, to Teresa Caputo, it's almost like part of the thing is this guy like sounds like he's from New York and is like a middle to upper class hedge fund guy. <laughs> I was just thinking like if I saw him on the street, he's got, you know, kind of a broad face, short cut hair, like his lips got a little bit of a natural curl in it. I wouldn't think we would have a conversation about spirits. I think he'd want to talk to me either about finance or sports. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Like he's just like a dude. Yeah, and with a little bit of like an East Coast accent. Yeah, seems like a guy wants to go get pizza and beer or something. Yeah. In fact, if anything, he might sort of look like Tony Robbins. Oh, interesting. Okay. At least type-wise. You type-wise, know, If yeah. they both weren't famous and they went to central casting, I think they, <laughs> they go out for the same roles. So, yeah, not someone... That you just immediately think psychic. And I think maybe that was part of the appeal. Just like, oh, something new on the scene. He's not wearing a sash on his head and he's not gazing into a crystal ball. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And probably more comfortable for like a white middle class audience, too. Mm -hmm. Because you've got all those Christians who are like, I don't want to do anything that's even slightly tinged with like Hinduism or anything. Good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can feel a little more comfortable. And and he was raised Catholic and he will speak positively about religion, mm-hmm. which we've seen with other psychics, like the mainstream psychics. They'll say that they're either Christian or mm-hmm. they'll tout their connection to God. Or, so don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll try to use language to be like, oh, this is totally cool and compatible with Christianity. Don't w- think too hard about Whereas, it. Whereas, you know, some of us were raised in a Christianity that said, you shall not suffer a witch to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's just a bit of insight into John Edward, just so you have kind of the bright mental picture. By the way, I was looking up something else about him, and I saw that he bought a $5.5 million home in L.A. and Sino in 2019. Whoa, $5.5 million. Yeah, so he's got a a lot lot of of money from not only doing his TV show, I'm sure, and his book sales. Yes, he has books. His first one was in 1998 called One Last Time. That was even before he got the show, and that kind of helped him pop onto the scene and get the show. But yeah, he's got the books, and... He does live performances. He goes around and he can still pull in an audience. And in this case, he pulled in an audience in Burbank. An audience of you? Yeah, it could have been an audience of one. I would have gladly come running. (laughs) An audience of you and others? Ross, we need to talk. Yes. And Burbank, that's my backyard. Mm -hmm. That's where I live. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw, and I can't remember what tipped me off. I feel it was one of my friends on Facebook maybe who'd posted about it, but I saw John Edward was going to be in Burbank at the Marriott next to the Burbank airport. Have we seen anyone else at that Marriott? No, but I've been there for like the animation CTN Expo many times. So yeah, it's just weird. I associate it with a totally different kind of mode and function. Yeah. And now I see, in my mind, the best known psychic there, even though it's a bit out of date. How many people would you reckon there were? My estimate was somewhere between 325, 350 Okay. Yeah, good size crowd. Pretty big crowd, yeah. Especially when you hear the prices. So this was being advertised for April 27th. Okay. And we knew you were going to be out of town on a honeymoon. or Blah, blah, blah. In love. Blah, blah. Boring. Originally, it was going to be January 20th, but it was moved due to a COVID increase 
so, I mean, thankfully it was moved because then I saw the advertisement for the rescheduled one. So I signed up in late February. How much was it? Okay. So there's two classes. There's regular admission and there's VIP admission. You got VIP, obviously. I did get VIP because I'm thinking, I'm picturing, okay, there's an after party. It's me, John Edward, 12 other people. I'm asking him questions. I'm taking photos with him. <laughs> We're writing a book together. <laughs> I was seeing one of those scenes in like an 80s movie in a club and it's like dunce, dunce, yeah. dunce, and you're next to him and you're like yeah let's write a book but yeah exactly bobbing yeah, the, your head exactly yeah. like that yeah and we're talking over the loud music there's a yeah. disco ball you got it yeah that's what I'm picturing as my VIP experience so it's great totally <laughs> worth it so regular admission is a hundred dollars yeah boring okay and <laughs> VIP admission is $175. Oh, geez. This is expensive. Yeah, $181. So just keep that in your mind as you're thinking, like, is Ross getting his VIP experience? Yeah, yeah. Is he getting that extra $1? $180? Okay. Wait for the disco ball. Wait for the bouncing heads. (laughs) Ross and John Edward, new best friends. Photos of us online. Yeah, okay. All right. So there were some restrictions. First of all, you had to be 12 or older. Okay, you are. Which I said, well, good. You know, because like mm. we've been to a workshop for children with James a, Von Prague. That's yeah. right. And not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, 12 or older, whatever your reasons. I like it. Also, they required full COVID-19 vaccination. Good. Or a negative PCR test within 72 hours. Now, nobody ever checked for any of this, but okay. at least they said it was required. Some social barrier there with the statement. It was interesting in the initial advertisement for the event, it said masks required for everyone. Okay. And then in a later email, it said masks are not required, but are strongly suggested. Okay. All right. Also, no food or drink and no alcohol, not even in the line. If they see that you've been drinking alcohol, you're going to get booted out. Oh, he must get bad hecklers. Yeah. 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 So yeah, whenever you see something like that, you know, there's been an incident. Yeah. This is something that happens in response. Exactly. Yeah. Also spelled out up front, no audio recording, no video recording, no photography. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very insistent on this. Huh. Okay. Okay. So I signed up and then I just, you know, waited for time to go by. And they sent me another email just like a couple days beforehand. They said, here's this form. You got to print this out. You got to fill it out. And they just wanted like your address and information, email and all that. Because by being a VIP, you get to join the Evolve. I don't know what to call it. Group? I don't know. It's just Evolve. You join Evolve for one year at no additional cost. I join Evolve. Evolve. I don't even need to know what that is. That sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, it's a John Edwards exclusive, and that's Edward apostrophe S, Mm. exclusive online presence where you can get... He's really into astrology, astrology readings, tarot readings, oracle readings. Oh, like you click on them or something or? Like they'll send out newsletters, but also, yeah, you can click on them and read the latest post he's made where he shares this insight, but also chances to get private readings, win win events, stuff like that. Okay. And sorry to get stuck on this point. Are the tarot readings like active? Like someone's actively reading your tarot? No, I think it's just, here's something that will apply to all of you, oh, okay. my lovely followers, and probably with a little bit of specificity. So if you're a Leo, that blah, 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 blah. Oh, got it, got it. Okay. Th- that's my sense of it. Though, on the website, I'll let you know 
how much he charges for these personal readings, which you can sign up for. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to guess $700 for half an hour. That's a very good guess. Thank you. So they were very insistent. Make sure you print this out in advance. Thank goodness I have a printer now. I went years without a printer. Mm, Yeah, I don't have a printer. We've got one now. Thank you, Anna gave us her printer. Oh, thank you, Anna. All right. So also we were told that really the only thing that differentiated you as a VIP person is that they let you in earlier. Okay. So they were going to open up the doors at 530 for the 7 p.m. event for the VIP ticket holders, Hmm. six o'clock for the hoi polloi. So Hmm. if you if you come in at six o'clock in your VIP, they'll be like, well, you get to sit with everybody else, sucker. So Mm. I knew I need to make sure I show up at 5.30. That's also a very clever way for someone to hypothetically mill about in the people who have spent the most and get inside information into what their lives are doing. I like where your head's at. Thank you. You're thinking. You're thinking. So I drive over to the Burbank Marriott, get there five minutes early. I walk to the wrong place at first, but I'm with good company. I meet a few other people who are going to the show. And then we realize, oh no, I need to be over at like the convention center area. So mm. there we go. Walk in. Lady sees me holding a printed form. She says, oh, VIP. Yes. So I get sent to the special line to the left and not the boring line <laughs> to the right. Okay. <laughs> All right. The VIP line. I'm just going to, I'm going to have as much fun with this as I can, but I'm a <laughs> very important person. So Yeah, as we're waiting in that line, they hand us these cards to fill out for the newsletter. And so we're all trying to stand there and write on the back of our hands on these postcards. And I don't know, I don't think my writing was that sloppy, but I never once got an email from filling out this email sign-up form. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I filled out my name. So it's like, what, did you look me up Uh, and decide not to add me? Oh, yeah, maybe. Or do you not actually check your email signups? But, you know, one in the box with all the others. Yeah, that first explanation actually seems more likely to me that they did look you up. Yeah, weird. But, I mean, they didn't cancel my Evolve membership. I'll say that up. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, were you filling these out? You said this was on paper? Yeah. Okay, so there could be a lag. And I'm standing in line. Yeah, that's true. Now they've built up a paper trail. And it's weird because to sign up for this thing, they had my email address. Oh, right. Okay. Feels redundant. The printed form I'm holding in my hand also has my all of that same info. Oh, right. Okay. Except that they give you a little checkbox to say if you're interested in... Private readings, events, workshops, TV media appearances, new products. So I check all those boxes. Mm. So what I'm really waiting in that line for, though, is to reach this woman at the front who's wearing a mask and she's handing out the wristbands for the VIP members. So we get orange wristbands, okay. which, funny enough, still say January 20th on them. Okay. So, yeah, there's that little bit of psychic humor like, oh, you didn't see it was going to get rescheduled. But also... I approve because that means they didn't reprint all of these wristbands. Yeah. So I say, yes, use the old wristbands. Yeah. At our wedding, we used the pins that we had ordered two years ago. Nice. They say the first date of our wedding. We're just like, whatever. I like We're it. not making 200 more bear pins. I approve. Thank you. Reduce, reuse, recycle in that order. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's call this woman Rebecca. I didn't realize what an important person she was about to become in my life. Mm. I thought she was just the lady handing out orange wristbands to VIP members. But she seems to be 
I don't know. She was like the one running the show. She became the audience warm-up person. Uh, she introduced John. She's she's working for him. She's the one who's going to send us our books later. She's uh-huh. just like, she's the one-woman uh-huh. operations team uh-huh. for John Edward. And she's, okay. she's yep. doing the work. She's holding the house together. She's sassy. I feel like you get one of these for... All of these groups. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Makes and, sense. And yeah, if you're a John Edward, you need someone like this mm-hmm. to take everything off your hands so you can just you get money and buy a $5.5 million house <laughs> while she does all the work. So let's call her Rebecca. She's a short woman, auburn hair, probably in her 40s. She was wearing just like faded light blue jeans, kind of ripped, you know, not dressed up for the event or anything like that. And she yeah. had this blue and gray sweatshirt, which I eventually realized was just a John Edwards swag sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we could buy one too. So once she'd given me the wristband, she pointed me inside and there was this young bouncer guy who was there, very tall, dressed in all black, just looking at his phone, not even glancing at any of us, <laughs> but there was a bouncer there. I never saw him bounce. Bounce. Okay. So this was a conference room. We've all seen them. Yeah. It's it's a big gray box. Big one though, yeah. Yeah, it's like two and a half stories tall. You know, it's a very oh, wow. very high ceiling, very evenly lit by these not quite chandeliers. There's nothing dangly coming off of them, but you know, these kind of lighting fixtures that are supposed to be semi fancy. But it's fairly flat lighting, fairly bright, which I think is interesting. Never once during this entire thing I'm gonna tell you about, never once did the lights like dim down to create an atmosphere mm. where we're connecting with the other side. Mm-hmm. Anything like that. No, that's not John Edwards thing. Yeah, okay, interesting. And uh, this is a conference and it just happens to be about ghosts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah, the tonally it just felt it's a weird combo. It's yeah. a, weir- a weird pairing. So yeah, light gray box, light gray walls, uh, light gray seats, kind of a modeled blue, black, gray carpet, the kind mm. you can spill things on and no one will mm-hmm. ever know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and up in the front, you can't see it until like you're up in the front, but there's a slightly raised dais, you mm-hmm. know, that he can step up onto like just this black temporary thing. And in the back, there's, you know, a little sound booth that's just sitting on a table with a black cloth. You know, someone's got a mixing board. So someone's going to be running technical stuff in the back. Okay. But that's it. You know, other than that, then you've got like, yeah, maybe 400 chairs there to fit the people so kind of a small operation yeah yeah, yeah it <laughs> felt very like you know you can run this with five people mm-hmm. essentially yeah unless his people were milling about with you and you didn't even know oh so you brought up a good point and this was something i was kind of watching for because i'm there waiting in the line talking to people a little bit borrowing their pens whatever and then i'm walking into the room and because we get to get in early we can fill up the front rows mm-hmm. so i got in the third row this is always something that we think about because I want to get close to the speaker yeah, and be noticed when it's time for Q&A and to get a good vantage point of what they're doing. But at the same time, I also want to see a bit of the audience and what they're doing. Yep. So, yep. you know, third row seemed like a good balance of I'm a VIP, mm-hmm. but also nice. I, I can see some other people in front of me. But to continue on your good point, never did I suspect or notice that anybody was actively trying to pull information from me. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they had a couple months to Google sure. my name if they wanted to or look me up on Facebook or what have you. Yeah, skipping ahead, do you feel like this was an entirely cold reading event or might there have been hot reading too? There were only maybe like two or three moments where I thought, oh, did they look that up in advance? Mm, okay. Other than that, 
I don't think anything needs to be explained by okay. anything other than cold reading. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Old school. It, it is interesting. Cold school. Oh, mm. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, nobody just frivolously asking me questions and then turning around to like whisper in a tin can or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, I know yeah. how these things that work. Would, yeah. That would be cons- ha- You're right that that would be conspicuous. <laughs> Good example. Pull the line taut. Okay, now I can talk. So we always have the little bit of trepidation of signing up under our real names. Like, well, here you go. Here's my name. Look Mm -hmm. me up. Right. I I don't get any sense that I was looked up. Okay. Interesting. Uh, And that card that I filled out didn't have anything beyond my name and address and email and phone number. Mm -hmm. And it went in a box that, as far as I can tell, is hidden next to the Lost Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No, No one has looked at it. So I sat next to a woman and her husband. Let's call her Denise. Okay. Uh, She's a blonde, maybe in her 50s. And then her husband spoke maybe like four words during the whole thing. She was the more... Get me out of here. She was the chatty Denise. Yeah, that's interesting. It'll come up slightly later. But, you know, it wouldn't be a bad guess that a lot of the men were dragged along. Sure. And very clearly as the audience was filling out, I would say 85% women. Okay. If I had to guess. Our typical spread for this kind of thing. Yeah. So the woman next to me, again, in her 50s, blonde hair, kind of a ruddy face and very friendly. So we hit it off. And then to my left, a woman came in, younger woman, maybe in her early 30s, maybe of Asian descent, with dark hair, I'm going to call her Chrissy. Mm-hmm. And so both of them like started up conversation with me and we were chatting. Chrissy had to go get some food. And I totally misjudged Chrissy because our first greeting question of everybody was, have you been to a John Edward event before? Uh-huh. And I think Denise had, but Chrissy hadn't and I hadn't. And Chrissy was asking us like, and who is he again? Like she wanted oh, info about him. I was like, oh, that's... How did you get here? Yeah, who paid $180 for you to be here? Oh, yeah. Oh, and she was in the VIP. Right, yeah. Right. If you're alone but not really sure who he is. And yeah, she just didn't seem at all, I don't know, like engaged or interested in the event itself Uh at first. And she went off to like get some food later. And I was thinking like, I want, is she a journalist or something? Huh. But even then you think she would know more about who John Edward is. Okay. So I've sat next to a couple people like this who turned out to be guests of the speaker. Oh. Is that a possibility? No, there? not not for no? her. But, okay. But when she came back later and we had more conversation, I think I was kind of lulled into being a little frank about other psychics mm, that I'd mm-hmm. been to. Because then the, our conversation started bumping around to other psychics. And I mentioned, oh, yeah, well, I've seen her when we talked about Teresa Capito and James Van Park. Oh, yeah, I went to one of his workshops. Mm-hmm. And like we kept talking about psychics and I had little anecdotes. Oh, Sylvia Brown. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was once at one of her events and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, you know a lot of these people. Or <laughs> like, I don't know. At some point, I something came up and I mentioned the Fox sisters and the Davenport <laughs> oh, brothers. Oh, wow. Okay, and yeah. They're like, really old school. Oh, so you know a lot about this stuff. And I was like, oh, I've said too much. Um, <laughs> because I was also kind of tipping my hand that I didn't trust some of these other psychics. Uh-huh. And anyways, the, they were starting... Your loyalty is spread too thin, sir. Right, right. Yeah, they were starting to get curious. Like, what is this guy's deal? Yeah. Like, why does he know about this but seem to generally disapprove of psychics? 
psychic. So I'm like, well, why am I saying the things that yeah. I'm saying to these people? Their two worst folks? case scenario is what your actual point of yeah. view is. And so they both pull out their phones and they say, oh, well, what's your Instagram? And so oh. they give each other their Instagrams. And I just kind of stay out of the Instagram discussion, sort of like change the subject. So, yeah. Not that, I don't know that your Instagram would give away too much. No, that's true. I, at Ross Blotter. Every three months, I remember I have an Instagram. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've been posting more lately. Anyways, now we're all friends and throughout the performance, we'll kind of share our reactions with each other and make little jokes with each other. So I've got two friends for the performance, which is great. The performance. Uh, I note your word choice. <laughs> Noted. I and don't, yeah, I don't disagree with it. You're right. There's a little judgment call in the word choice there. Fair. So then Rebecca comes up and, you know, it's crowd warm up time. So she gets up on the stand up front and she's saying, all right, everybody, we've got the plebes coming in in 15 minutes. So make sure you take your spots. She's got like a little bit of the insult comic thing going on, too, where she's talking about like, you know, don't be an idiot and (laughs) um, uh, make sure you fill out your forms. And the lady says, do we turn those in right now? And she'll say, no, why don't you wait until you get home later and then you can turn them in. Oh. Yeah, of course, turn it in now. Okay. Yeah. Unnecessary sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's making My a lot. question was reasonable. Making a, <laughs> making a lot of like regional jokes. She's from Staten Island or something like that. And so she's talking about how people are out there and, oh, you people all drive so fast, but that's actually good because blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like a little <laughs> crowd warm up. How about up. them Knicks? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of that going on. Uh, I grabbed the local paper before I got here. Someone's phone goes off and she chides them. You're like, that's going to be the last we hear of that. You know, Uh, that kind of deal. And then she's reminding us how important it is. We're VIP. We better turn in those printed sheets. And if you forgot it, we'll give you a yellow one uh, You know that you can fill out. It's like the yellow form of shame. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, just to, you know, let us know that you didn't fill it out in advance like you were supposed to. But Dang. you'll get that one year of free membership to Evolve. Oh, yeah, we'll send you a book. That's the other big Ooh, benefit. You okay. want You want your book, right? Yes. But a woman asks, can I take a photo with him? And she says, nope, he won't get anywhere near you. (laughs) Wow. And you're welcome. Can I touch the hem of his garments? (laughs) So she starts painting John Edward as kind of a germaphobe. Oh. And especially during the pandemic, you know, like. Oh, I see. He doesn't want his fans getting close to him. That's not his thing. Yeah, don't try to touch the hem of his garment, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though COVID's a good reason. A totally good reason. But yeah, she kind of disabuses any ideas. Frankly, she's attacking my VIP party image of me unsing next to John Edward. Mm -hmm. There goes my photo. But yeah, he doesn't want to touch you. He doesn't want to be close to you. And he may be wearing a mask. I don't know. We'll see. He changes it up depending on his comfort level. Okay. You know, keep your distance. So if you look a lot like John Edward and you'd like to put on one of these, you can just put on a mask Mm. and no one will know the better and you can charge a bunch of money. Just practice your cold reading. Mm-hmm. But at least he's very pro-vaccine. And even Rebecca says that she's so vaccinated and boosted that she probably glows at night. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Probably not. So she goes back to wherever she came from. We sit for another long period while all the regular folks stream in. We got here early. So a lot of time for us to talk, look at our phones. Oh, yeah. And you were texting me from this because I think we were on our way to Quito Oh. When I got your text. Yeah, because I remember being disoriented by it. I had just forgotten what you were doing. You were like, here I am with my psychic friend. And I was like, what? Huh? Mankito is <laughs> happening. Vague memory of this. Good story. Thank 
Thank you. That's how I'm contributing to this. <laughs> <laughs> Disorienting. Yeah, kind of remember this. Okay, so the event was about to start and, you know, room is still without John Edwards. So mm-hmm. I take a selfie pointed at myself looking back. Okay, yeah, that's a selfie. Right. <laughs> but it's got other people in it. It shows the conference room. And so Rebecca, who I have here in my notes as Spitfire Lady, she's just walking down. The- no explanation needed. <laughs> Absolutely. We all follow. She's walking back up the aisle to do her crowd warm up again. And so she sees me do this and she says, no photos. Oh. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. All right. Putting this away. Wow. And she says Is that, she in your photo, your resulting yeah. selfie? Yes, oh, she is. Nice, cool. Um, I want to see her. I remember the first selfie I ever took. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess the first after selfies were like a whole thing. You know, like, oh, I'm going to take one of these. It's going to be of me. Okay, she's quite blurry, but she's in the blue shirt in the back right. Oh, yep. Okay, yeah, and she's spotting you actively as you take this. She is not happy. Nope, she's not having it. Nope. So maybe she was going to give the same speech anyway, or maybe I colored it, but she gets up on the stage and says, if we catch you with your phone using it, you will be ejected from the room. Wow. Yep. Just collect people's phones at that point. You're Uh, that nervous about it. And she makes a joke like, you know, and if you're recording... You better record me ejecting you from the room. And you can post <laughs> Yeah, that, I would. You can post that on the internet. What I thought was interesting is that there was never any rationale offered for why they didn't want recording. There wasn't like mm. a this disrupts the spirits or Oh right. It's distracting for John. Yeah, or we find it better if you use your memory or mm-hmm. you know, you need to be present in the moment or anything like that. It was just turn off those phones. Yeah, and, interesting. And go ahead and like, you know, turn them off right now, not just vibrate. This was the first joke that made me chuckle. If someone needs to reach you, John can help with that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Also, she said that they're going to be passing around microphones for people to ask questions. And this microphone works best in the mouth region of your body. <laughs> Man, she's sassy. <laughs> she says, what a spitfire. <laughs> a lot of you do this. And she holds the microphone down by your belly. Sure, that's good etiquette to remind people. Hold it up to your mouth. Yep. Um, I'm already exhausted of you. <laughs> and she's also starting to manage expectations. There'll be a mm. lot of that. Mm-hmm. So she's letting us know, you know, there's... Over 300 of you here. Not all of you are going to get called upon. Yep. You may not talk to grandma tonight. So you should really tune into the energy of others. Mm -hmm. You're going to be getting information from them and and maybe information that's relevant to you. This might feel personalized. And if I call on you, go ahead and make it feel personalized. But if I don't, it's actually global. You got it. You got got it. it. So I'm chatting with Denise and Chrissy and they're interested in the count of the room. Like Chrissy sees me sort of scoping out the, Mm. the crowd and she says, oh, yeah, how many people do you think there are? And I said, well, I counted 100 for the VIP, a little over. And I'm going to estimate. And I kind of stood up and I'm counting rows. And people are looking very suspiciously at me. Why are, why are you standing up and turned around? Why is the man counting us? <laughs> exactly. So, Women, why is the man counting us? So I pull out the calculator and we're doing the math. And so we just did a little back of the napkin calculation mm-hmm. that we're talking about $41,500. Wow. R- raw intake, you know. Dang. And you got to rent the place. You got to pay yeah. your, your small 
skeletal crew, but that's but he, a fair amount of money. Yeah, even if we One just event. assume he's taking home an eighth, which seems, or even let's say a tenth, let's be so conservative. Yeah. We've still got, what, $4,000? Yeah. Yeah, for a night? Yep. That's- wow. Pretty good take. <clears throat> and and Chrissy's also interested in the makeup of the audience. She's like, yeah, it's pretty much all women, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm thinking like 85%. She's like, yeah, definitely. And um, I'd say most people are white. Most people are like 50s or older, okay. I would say. Uh-huh. But you can find plenty of counterexamples throughout. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you couldn't in a group of 300 plus, it would really say something. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that's the average mm-hmm. person in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've done our crowd warm up, and now it's time for Rebecca to, to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great for Rebecca <laughs> to introduce John Edward? He steps out from a door in the back. Okay, better than James on Prague. He, he, I mean, is he doing something grand? No. It, oh, okay. Sorry, not uh, better than James. And I'm sorry. Rock. I mean, when I say back, I don't mean back of the room where we came from. Like he's been hiding essentially right behind the stage, and he okay. sort of pops out. So yeah, there's no grand entrance. It's just like he steps up on the stage okay. from behind and uh, gets a wild applause. Of course, that's why we're here. That's why we paid a hundred plus bucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just wearing blue jeans and like a blue long sleeve button up shirt. You know, okay, it's like a nice shirt. It's got like sort of a stripey texture on it. How old is John Edward? He's 52. Oh, is that right? Okay, I would have pegged him as a bit older. Okay. He's born in 1969. Oh, 69. <laughs> what month? October. Oh, not the summer of 69. October. The fall of 69. Right? Yeah. Also, I was going to say, he's well known for wearing glasses. I don't know if he's well known for wearing glasses, but, you know, <laughs> he, he's always wearing glasses. Famous and, attribute. And uh, they were kind of like thin frames, but thick on the sides. So mm. a little retro, but not quite. Mm, okay, cool. Kind of look he's got going. And so he acts all surprised by the big applause, you know, like, you're in the room for John Edward, right? Aww, oh, aww, come on. And he asks us if there's any first timers. And I would say most of the audience is first timers. Okay, okay. Like maybe a little over half. He's like, oh, cool. I can redo a lot of my tricks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, let's bring out the old actuarial tables. Um, <laughs> he keeps saying he's been doing this for 37 years. Dang. That's a long time. That's since I was one. That's, you know, past your 10,000 hours of practice. I, at that point, 37 years ago, couldn't even hold my stool. Oh, right. You know, probably. When do you <laughs> when do you start pooping in the toilet? <laughs> See, I, I had this like fluctuating image of Carrie uh, in the bathroom and Carrie with a chair that, that she was holding. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm out in the bathroom. But when do you stop pooping in the diaper and start pooping in the Oh, I want to say two. Toilet. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I could not hold my stool That's when I, he first started doing this. I was recently reading Rachel Bloom's book, I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are. Mm. One of the major stories of her childhood was that she did not poop in the toilet until she was four. And her parents, oh, okay. and her parents had to like late? campaign for it. Yeah, yeah oh, it was wow. extremely late. Very funny storyteller. By the way, she listened to our Scientology series and sent me a note saying she really, really enjoyed it. Ah, how sweet. Yeah. Hi, Rachel Bloom. Hi, Rachel Bloom. If you're here, probably not, but maybe. Come on the show. Yeah, maybe. Unless um, you have something stupid to say. She would never she would say never. anything stupid. I don't know why I said that. Of course she wouldn't. Oh, Gary, stupid, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been... 
for four decades reading, teaching, and healing. And another little self-deprecating joke, he says, yeah, my son tells me that everyone's clapping for me because I'm old. You know, I've been doing this... <laughs> Wow, years. wicked burn. Thanks, son. Yeah. Junior? There, there will be a few of these from his kids. It's like, it's such a harsh burn because it doesn't even quite make sense. It's humiliating and nonsensical. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you get what you get from kids. They yeah, say the yeah. darndest things. No, it's wounding. <laughs> and of course, skeletal crew, conference room, there's audio issues. His audio is cutting in and out. He's wearing sort of what I call a Britney mic. You know, like it's mm-hmm. sort of this minimal sort of customer service headset but then a little bit of a beauty mark as a microphone exactly and it's just not working out so rebecca comes running from the back you know hands him a microphone use this instead then he talks again much better she even heckles him like you sound awful i mean Uh, it sounds like rebecca not you but (laughs) yeah exactly but kind of you i'm rebecca this is my deal (laughs) exactly i'm a toughie (laughs) Speaking of his kids, he gives us another anecdote about his daughter. This is reminding me a little bit of Teresa Caputo and like, I'm a down-home guy. I'm talking about my kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, But apparently he did a show in New York and he had to handle some hecklers there. Mm. And he said that his daughter was in the audience. And afterwards she said, oh, I get it now. You're like the Gordon Ramsay of psychics. Oh, okay. So he can give a little too when he needs to. Okay. And yet he can't even handle it if someone comes in with a beer right so you know heckle but in a manageable way within limits yeah yeah (laughs) exactly then i thought this was interesting this was kind of again on sort of a self-deprecatory note that he was trying to say like you know i'm nothing special you know this isn't Mm -hmm. me doing all this but the way he phrased it was of all the information you're getting tonight like a fourth of it is coming from me 75 percent of it will come from you oh okay and i thought Wow, that's true. In a certain light, that's quite the admission. Yeah. That sounds like cold reading. Yeah, And about the same ratio I would have given it if I had to. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, I wonder if that's self-aware or sort of analysis below the surface or what. Yeah, or even, uh, you know, I can say this and I can get away with it because I'm paying to get in a a certain light. But Yeah, uh uh-huh, right, right, right. Like, I feel like there could be a little wink and a nod behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Or like, then there's a little bit of built-in plausible deniability if you ever Mm -hmm. called on this yeah oh you i was just saying blah 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 blah. yeah or i said it i told you from the beginning Mm, yeah very good point yeah exactly you can call it cold reading but you know these people are making real connections Mm -hmm. he talks a bit about his craft he loves to do that you know just Mm -hmm. like sort of give a little bit of insight into his process and what he's doing how he's thinking so he lets us know that all of the people are going to come through tonight are the teachers you know we're we're learning from them Also, by the way, there's an eclipse coming up in three days, so you need to figure out for yourself what that means. And does it sound like I'm giving you homework? Yes, I am. (laughs) Okay. Figure out for myself what that means. Do bodies pass each other? He gave us a little hint. He said... I just want you to know, though, that these things work in 19-year cycles. Oh. So think about what was happening to you 19 years ago. Okay, 2003. Yeah. Okay, yep. For me, I was losing my faith around that time. Oh, yeah. Okay, and I was going through a really terrible breakup. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. I hope that was okay when you relived all of that right after your wedding. 
Oh, that's what was about to happen. We were about to relive all that. Yeah, I guess there was mm. somehow there was going to be a resonance. I'm sure if it was the exact opposite of that, there we go. He would say, "See, it's an echo of what happened 19 years ago." But you're moving on. You're changing. I don't know. I'm trying to yeah. read you. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Oh, by the way, though, this is reminding me a little bit of an update. We went to see one psychic a couple of years ago who said that at my wedding, my ex boyfriend Milo would yep. come and interrupt it. Yep. They used his real actual name when yep. they made this prediction. Milo didn't show up. Nope. Unless he was hiding in the bushes or something. Yeah. That Fail. Didn't happen. Fail. So then he started going into his origin story. Okay. Which I think is always important for a psychic. Yeah. You know, like, how did I get these abilities? When did I notice them? You're going to ask, so I might as well tell you. Yeah, definitely. I, I need to know that to even sort of like sell the vibe for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when he was still a teenager, he thought the whole psychic thing was just silly. Oh, Gosh, okay, yeah, he's he's made a real journey. <laughs> and even when he was starting as a psychic, he met a lot of psychics who were just weird. You know, like they, <sighs> yeah, they, those ta- weirdos. they tell me this is what I don't want to be like. Mm. For example, this one woman introduced herself to him and said, I am Lila, reader of faces and bumps. Which I gotta <laughs> oh say, I gotta say that's a great line. Yeah, that's true. And so I leaned over to Chrissy like, "Oh, phrenology," <laughs> you know, just to demonstrate that I'm in the know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what we're talking you didn't about. Figure this out yet? And apparently, the woman said to him, "Let me touch your head," and he said, "No, I'm 15." I don't think this went how you think it went, yeah, John. this is the version we get. I'm not sure what the transition was here. By the way, they encouraged taking notes, so nothing wrong with taking furious notes. Okay, meeting. good, good, good. But anyways, he took a break from his origin story to let us know that patterns are important, and so are words. And right now, for example, everyone talks about narrative. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, that was just to give us an example. But then he says, in this world, the psychic world, everyone is now using the phrase empath. Uh, yeah, that's true. And he says, if you're one of those people saying, I'm an empath, mm-hmm. stop. Oh. And everybody kind of nervously laughs at this. And then he, he turns it around. It wasn't just a shaming of like, you know, cut it out, you're not. Uh-huh. Instead, he validating it, but he's saying, you're advertising to everyone saying that you can't take care of your feelings because you're too busy thinking about everybody else's feelings. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, all right. Kind, tur- of, kind of fair. He turned that one around. That's kind of interesting, though. It seems like he is actually seeing or at least perceiving a real cultural phenomenon there mm-hmm. that, like, we all want to be empathetic. And then people who self-identify as an empath, it feels like they're kind of saying something extra. Mm, right. I'm empathetic. I want to be empathetic. And my empathy is self-wounding in some way. Oh, yeah. Enough that I need to point it out. Yeah. Like it's I carry the weight of others on my shoulders. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he was pointing at. It feels a little bit insightful to me. Yeah. He wasn't bashing someone for being an empath, just Mm -hmm. advertising it to others. And he said, you know, what you should really focus on is empathy. And, you know, do we all agree? And everyone Mm. raises their hands. Yeah, empathy. That's a good thing. I'm an empathy. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. And then this was an interesting swerve. He says, another buzzword, trigger. Okay. Wow. Okay. That triggers. Going for it. That triggers me. And the the audience had a good laugh at that. That's fun. No one's thought of that yet. So he gives us a tip. You know, if you hear something you don't fully agree with or you don't like, just say, oh, that's interesting. Okay. That's your shield. And that's what you're going to say the next time someone comes to you with some batshit crazy thing that they try to drop on you. 
And then they'll feel validated and they'll move along. <laughs> By the way, rule number two for tonight, you are no longer allowed to say to me, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Clever. And a lot of these feel like rehearsed lines that I'm sure he uses all the time. But, you know, it's funny. And, sure. you know, I'll, I'll say he's entertaining. Obviously, he's done this for a while, but it's weird. You know, again, it's, you know, psychic, but he's totally changed up the feeling of it. He's a dude with, you know, short hair that's gelled up glasses on a stage and bright lighting and that's he's being a psychic and he's yeah he's a you know a little bit of comedian just a little yeah, it bit it feels almost like someone michael scott would hire to come to your <laughs> office and just sort of cheer up everybody right so he kind of goes back to sort of the empathy thing and, and says that you need to protect yourself and your energy He's all about analogies. So he keeps making little like mm. common analogies to everyday things. Like earlier when he was talking about being an empath, he says, you're like risotto. It takes on the flavor of everything around you. <laughs> and, okay. and so right now, Cute. it's like the keys to the car, especially even with the people you came in with tonight. You may be of the same mind, but they've got the keys to your car and they do emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. So be mindful of that and create boundaries. You know, all of that's fine. Good. Yeah. Cool. And so he says, like, you can tell people that and think of it just like telling someone you have an allergy. You're not saying anything mean or anything. You're just letting them know I've got a nut allergy. What's like a nut allergy? Letting them know that you have boundaries. You know, oh, that, I see. That they shouldn't be impeding on your oh, uh-huh. your energy. I see. Could see that analogy going well and I could see it going not well. But okay. And he gives us examples like I have an allergy to bees. I have an allergy to stupid. Good laugh from everybody. He's been hanging out with Rebecca too much. <laughs> yeah. Who's rubbing off on who? I'd like to know. Yeah. A lot of sass coming from the stage tonight. All right. So again, more managing of expectations. All right. So. I'm not going to necessarily say the specific things that you want me to say tonight. Mm -hmm. So let's all together, let's all say, (laughs) oh, so we all, we all let out our disappointment in advance. (laughs) It's fun. And he says, I'm not going to be talking about the Cardinals or the ladybugs that you saw or the butterflies in the field. I'm not going to be talking about the number 11 or the 222 or the 333 you've been seeing. He's talking about like all of these things that you might have recognized as super meaningful. Yeah. And apparently that's just a common thing. I'm guessing people come at him. Why did the weird squirrel stare at me from outside the window last night? Was that my father? Was he the squirrel? So he was already like in advance trying to disabuse us. Of that. Yeah, that's really interesting because you would think he would take the opportunity to be like, yes, your father was the squirrel. So, yes, he does that. Okay. He flips it around. <laughs> okay. This is John Edward we're talking about. He can always flip something around. Okay, love it. Really, that may be his most special ability is okay. to say one thing and then pull the opposite oh, sen- okay. sense out of it. Fun. I'm just realizing this now, but I think it holds. So, he says... All of that is real. All of those things that you sense. And he includes like different coins. Like maybe you see pennies or nickels or something like that. He says, if you see them, by the way, look at the dates because the date may be significant. Ooh. Okay. okay. Interesting. That sounds cool without having to do anything. Also, it sounded like you were going to tell me not to pay attention to those things at all. No. So the thing is, just don't ask him about them because I'm sure they're true for you, but I think they don't apply universally to the room. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Enough in a fact-based world, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a weird that he's not I, glomming on to that. Yeah, I, I'm guessing because he will use 
tiny things like that later, but they huh. should come from him. He, I think he wants to control the flow of the conversation. Yeah. He's found uh-huh. that these are conversation dead ends. Yeah. That's my guess. That's my read. Okay. Yeah. So I wonder how he'd respond to like Whitley Strieber saying that he sees his wife in the white moth who's always visiting him. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think if he was doing a one-on-one reading, he'd be interested mm. in that. But I think okay. working a crowd, interesting. He, he can't work with it as much. You know what, though? He does sell it an interesting way. He okay. says- those things are all interesting and real, but they're kind of like the ABCs. We're going deeper tonight. Okay. So uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was kind of like we're in an of advanced level. Of course, that butterfly is your mom. We're getting deeper than that. <laughs> so another thing John Edward, I think, has taken upon himself being now a 37-year veteran as a psychic is his role as an elder statesman. Mm. So he'll keep kind of referring to that as well. And just, you know, the lessons he's learned along the way. So he mentioned the story of bragging to another psychic when he was young, like, oh, I keep getting these people's names. It's amazing. They're coming through, being validated. And the woman said, well, that's great, but don't get used to that. And he's like, wait, what? What are you saying? Again, like, well, you're saying something negative to me. And she, she turns it around and she says, your ability will evolve and change over time. And maybe the names won't come so easily, but you might be doing something deeper. Mm. And he says, and she was absolutely right. Mm. Uh, now, uh, you know, I still do get the names, but like now I get the stories and the stories really come through. This is reminding me of someone that I've been researching a lot lately who loves to tell stories where he's the dummy, but he got proven wrong by this ah. rapscallion. And now he has adopted their perspective and at first it does sort of lend them credibility and i guess if it's true you changed your mind yeah yeah exactly sort of borrows that in Mm -hmm. me goes like oh yeah okay you're fair right and then i'll realize wait the rapscallion person isn't on stage i have no idea what happens here (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah this is like a what i would think a pastor story yeah the names have been stripped the details have been homogenized did this really happen are you just trying to prove a point did you ever meet a woman named sally is this true truly modest or is it actually kind of a ploy to borrow modesty where it's not deserved exactly yep yep all good thoughts to think so one last piece of expectation management he says you may have come tonight with sort of a shopping list these are Mm. the things that you really want you want to hear you want to have acknowledged but just remember in the supermarket there are other items that aren't on your shopping list Mm. and so i may talk about the crazy uncle you never thought you'd hear from but don't worry that's part of the process maybe it's opening a door to something on your shopping list stay open don't push me okay so now we were ready to open up to like kind of a Q&A sort of like when we were at the Bashar thing when like different people were called up to ask questions oh, uh-huh. we're gonna call out some names so you know whatever randomized process they used and then you'll stand up we will bring a microphone to you and you can ask me a question it has to be a question about my process don't ask me if i see someone standing next to you don't ask me what happened to your son ask me a question about how i do what i do interview (laughs) me exactly okay okay all right so names are called out and people start standing up throughout the audience so there's five names that are called and One of the people that gets called is in the row right behind me. Young lady, maybe in her 20s, wearing an orange shirt. So she stands up and I hear her mutter, oh, shoot, I don't I don't know what to ask him. Oh, so I lean back to her and I say, want an idea? And She's like, yeah. So I whispered, what's the longest you've ever gone without being able to make a connection? 
Mm. That might be a good question to ask. Like longest in a session? Like a spiritual connection, like with the other side. So yeah. what, what's the longest you haven't made that connection? Oh, oh, like it might be months or something. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Is there a pause in your abilities or are they just yeah. constant and, and ever continuing? So uh, some other guy gets called first. He's a young Hispanic looking man uh, with a crew cut. His mom's next to him and you get the impression his mom brought him here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he's into it. And he asks... How did you know that you had this gift? Mm. So, okay. Basic. That, yeah. Perfect opening question for yeah, that's true. John Edward to uh, just riff more on his backstory. It's interesting. He's doing this Q&A up front. Well, okay. So I'll just tell you kind of where this goes. Yeah. So he'll start with that process question to connect with the person, talk uh-huh. a bit about himself, but then he'll start doing the reading and like, oh. oh, and I'm seeing somebody with you and who's this? And so he'll start doing his thing. But he wants control of it. Yeah, and this is the entry point is yeah. through the Q&A. Yeah, really weird. I wouldn't Strange. have expected that. Strange, okay. So he tells the story of it being 1985 and he had a reading with a woman that put him on his current path. And... I, John Edward, I went in to debunk her. Oh, shit. And uh, I I wasn't going to help her at all. Mm -mm. I'm not giving her any information. Absolutely not. There is no way you can do that without meaning to. But, and this was at his grandma's house, but uh, apparently she wanted to borrow his, like his high school ring. Like Mm -hmm. he had one of those uh, rings. Mm -hmm. There's a name for that. Signet? Something like, yeah. So she takes his ring and she performs psychometry. You know, she's pulling energy from this item. Mm, Holothocene, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good callback. (laughs) International Academy of Consciousness. Very good. I don't know how those words stayed with me. Well done. And a little aside from John Edward, just so you know, when you're meeting with a psychic, never give them physical objects that belong to someone who had passed. Or photos of people who have passed. Oh. Because it'll throw off the energy of their reading. They'll like, they'll read the wrong thing, essentially. Oh, interesting. Just so you know. Okay, John Edward. So this woman is reading his ring and she tells him, I'm seeing highly evolved beings of light around you. Oh, wow. And you will change the way that millions of people view this field. Holy moly. Yeah, when he's 15. Oh, right. Of course. This is a young person. Okay. (laughs) So he just remembers thinking, this lady's crazy. But I love this. She told me things that nobody could have possibly known about me. Great, John, what? (laughs) What things did she tell you? No, he doesn't tell us that. It's just oh, things no one could have possibly it's impossible. known. It's like someone telling you their miracle story. Oh, I've seen things that there is just no explanation for. Yeah. Okay. Can what- I try? <laughs> yeah. All right. What thing did you see that has no explanation? <laughs> no, it's just like, you know. Maybe no- we could Google it. No way it could have possibly been just <laughs> physics. Okay. Well, can you describe it? No. just no Draw way. a sketch? It's indescribable. Huh. That's a great story. Okay. Thank you. I guess that changes my worldview. (laughs) Your certainty is very convincing. (laughs) So it put me on this path. I started to research the occult. And, you know, I'm not saying like I have a gift or anything. I I want to take the word gift out of the conversation here. Okay. All of us have a psychic ability. Every one of you in this room. Sure, yeah. So just in case where you were. always hear this. In case you were wondering where he was on that issue, that's where he is. 
But he must have like a special one because there's 300 of us here. Come right. on. Right. And he's changed the way that millions of people view this yeah. field as the prophecies foretold. Yeah. Come on. And like, even if you say, oh, they all have the same ability. It's just that I've realized that it's like, okay, well, even that is like, that makes you like the most self-aware person in the universe that's still mm. not modest. Or the biggest douche in the universe, according to <laughs> South Park. Right. So this is where he made his transition. So he looks at this young man and he says, is your grandma on your mother's side past? Whoa. So that's the transition. He says, yes. How old's this person? I look like a high schooler. Okay. Like I'd say okay. maybe 17, 18. So yes, she's passed. Uh, well, she's with you. So John Edward sees that. Wow. And uh, she doesn't care that we're having a different conversation. She doesn't care about the other people standing here. She's like, you're going to talk to me right now. Hmm. And so everybody has to laugh at that. Oh, sassy grandma. Mm -hmm. And there's a person with an A name. And he says, yes, the boy. So, okay. Okay. Yes, there's a person with an A name. (laughs) Somewhere in this world. Alan Alda. We don't identify who this person is, but he asks the next question. Is her husband also passed? Yes. So, okay. Another seeming hit. So there's going to be a lot of this. So just kind of follow along on your own. But after the end of the second episode, I'll try to give you sort of a my best tally of accurate yeah. guesses okay. versus guesses that get thrown out, not responded to immediately, and then get modified and then are accurate. Uh-huh. Ones that just never hit Okay. versus, you know, there, there's a lot of yeah, options here. kind of ABCD, yeah. Be paying attention because, whew, you know, this is what he does for the next couple hours. Okay, so there's a contemporary to her, and here's where he introduces sort of this phraseology that he has where when he talks about something being up or higher, mm-hmm. that's like up a generation or sort of a like rung of the family tree. Mm, uh-huh. So he'll see that. Or he'll see something like that's sort of sideways, like a contemporary. Okay. But when I say contemporary, I don't mean it doesn't have to be a brother. If it is, great, good. You know, I get credit for that. But it could be a friend. It could be a cousin. Cousin, it could, yeah. It, exactly. Yeah, someone at that same level. And if it's lower, it's someone younger than you. Okay. So there's a contemporary to her that's a male. So the young man offers that it's his uncle. Yeah, the uncle passed away. John Edward says, that's right, because he's telling me, so this is an interesting flex. Again, mm-hmm. if, if it's a flex, just keep in mind that you can kind of say, after someone gives you some information, that's right, or that's what and I was that's thinking. And that's who's here. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of predating the intake of that information to like, oh yeah, I knew it before you even told me. Right, right. We don't find that out until after he's been told. Which also fucks with your memory of it. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's claiming the earlier insertion in the timeline. And yes, that's right, because it's telling me he's to the side. Okay, so Joseph, John, where's the J? So the young man says, Justin is my middle name. Wow, what is <laughs> we're, we're talking, we're on a different rung of the ladder here. But okay, that counts as a hit. John Edward said, wow, that's my son's name. How did I miss that? Wow. Wow. Really common name. And John Edward does this constantly, like just immediately shifts the conversation, like, doesn't follow up on the thing that we just established. Like you'd want to ask more questions about that person or that thing. Yeah. It's just now complete 180. Now Hmm. he's saying, okay, and there's someone who caused their own passing. Oh, okay. There's no immediate response to that. So he says overdose maybe. And that gets a yes. Again, like doesn't say anything else about that. Like, okay. What was that for? Just to kind of add additional 
that you should listen to me. Yeah, more buttressing of like, I'm real, I'm legit. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, see, you confirmed that you, you know somebody, anybody in your life that died from an overdose. Right. Overdose was offered as the second thought. So like the first thought, you th- I yep. think suicide. Right. Then, oh, okay, overdose. You're right. That counts too. And so my definition mm-hmm. is getting broader as we go. So you could have had maybe a stronger hit with the immediate yes. Exactly. But you still get a pretty strong hit with the second yes. Yeah. But he does. But our base is getting wider. So. Yeah. And so we've established this like kind of scattershot shotgun approach. Like we've named like five individuals now mm-hmm. and we're not doing any follow up for that because the next question is are you going out for something competitive what that you just did yeah like just total scattershot approach yeah and so this is to a young man come on he's probably playing sports or something like that getting jobs yeah And, and again like he throws out part of the question you know are you going out for something competitive doesn't get an immediate response and so something that you just did so he turned it from like a forward focusing question into a recent history focused mm. question mm-hmm. okay and so his mom says well actually i am doing something competitive soon oh, but i'm not okay. quite i'm not quite ready to talk about it yet <laughs> oh the audience loves that good laughter and so he t- kind of focuses on her and says are you a twin and oh. she says no <laughs> are you a gemini <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that would be a valid flex, I think, for him. But he says, who's the twin? And she says, my uh, dad. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, so if someone, I'm just curious, if you, Ross, were this sitter and John Edward says, who's the twin, could you come up with someone? Oh, in my life, who's the twin? I think I would go to my friend Scott, who has a twin. Okay. I, I don't have a family member a close family member. Who's Sounds like this guy counts friends, though, as within the realm of hits. Yeah. Trying uh, to think who of would who would be your oh, twin. Oh, okay. You know what? It took me a second to think twins? of it. But oh, that's true. Yeah, I could say I grew up knowing the Olsen twins. Or I have some cousins that I've only met once and I've only met one of them, but they're twins. Okay. But, I, you know, I, cousins, that's related. I had friends in high school who were twins, you know. like Yeah, me too. Okay. And, and I bet he would take most of that. Occasionally, you'll see that John Edward does say, no, no, that's not it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When something feels a little too far out of the range for like him. Like Cindy Kaza, yeah. Right. He's been doing this 37 years. I was just going to say, like, I think he has a good sense of what just escapes that valence of probability. Yeah, totally. Like, no, 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 not that. You know, I, I won't get credit for that. <laughs> Give me something better. Okay, so now he's got the dad. He's sensing the dad. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's stern. He's not making me feel very warm and fuzzy. And mm. did he... I feel like a pancreatic or maybe liver cancer. Mm. And she says yes to that. Oh, okay. And pretty good. Yeah. And he says something about like sensing cousins. I don't remember the transition there, but he's sensing like a female cousin, Lisa, Linda, Lori. And so the woman says, I'd have to think about that. (laughs) (laughs) So again, this is what he does. Next sentence out of his mouth. What's happening in Pennsylvania? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all over the place <laughs> I, 
<laughs> like no one would notice this unless you're taking yeah. notes. It just would blow past every human brain. It's like, well, there's no way that segue went the way I think uh, it went. So hotly- I'll invent a way that makes sense. <laughs> I would say a hotly contested primary. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was the next question. She said, I don't know. And so... So this is John Edwards Q. I'm bored with you. He says, anybody nearby with a Pennsylvania connection? Oh, come on. What? <laughs> yep. Anybody nearby? Anybody oh. with a Pennsylvania connection. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Two of my best friends, Natalie and Abe, are both from Pennsylvania. And he's, you know, waving his hand towards an area of the audience that could include 50 people. Sure. <laughs> There's 50 states. In the United you know? States. What are the odds? <laughs> So he's kind of like, he's going through, he's scanning, and people are like trying to think hard about this. Oh, you know, what's my Pennsylvania connection? Yeah. So he's giving them something new to work with. He says, this Can is- Can it a- just be pencils? <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a like a light bulb that's from the, the Sylvania light bulb. <laughs> so another thing that I noticed here that I think he does is he'll remove the chronology of- how he's pulling these things together. All you know is that he's fishing for pieces. And then mm. later on, he'll kind of give you, ah, here's what I was building toward. But oh, but you okay. won't know up till then. And it'll just be this weird nebulous cloud of like, why are you asking this? Why are you oh, gathering this? Okay, and then okay. once he finds someone who kind of meets a few of these things, he'll be like, oh, remember earlier when I mentioned Pennsylvania? Uh, ah, see, that was you. So Interesting, okay. I think that's another interesting tactic where you can't see the connections he's making, but he makes it look like he's building them in his mind, and then you find out about them later. Oh, that's interesting. That's a lot like long-form improv. Oh, yeah. You have to keep all these like little storylines, and okay, how can I call back to the corn from scene one? How can I call back to the uncle who we never see in scene two? Improv comedy is a really good analogy there, because then we all experience that sense of like, ah, yeah, you made that connection. Oh, I remember that too. That's funny and also validating. And yeah, I think that's what's playing out here like oh wow cool we are we're making connections here we're humans we love making connections (laughs) i love patterns give me me some more patterns (laughs) so while people are thinking about pennsylvania and nobody's offering anything he says a vehicle crash i'm sensing there's a vehicle Mm. crash and again he's indicating towards this part of the audience no response to that an event that caused harm. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, I think maybe now. Every hand shoots up. Yeah. I, th- I have experienced harm. So at this point, he found a woman who is saying that the event didn't cause harm or that she can't think of that. But She can't she- think of an event that causes harm? Nope. Uh, well, <laughs> wow. I think she's trying to work on the vehicle crash. And this is okay. This she's still like Philadelphia. Okay. And, and we never know, like, what is the frame of time? Are we talking about a week ago? Are we yeah. talking about my childhood? You know, any will apply. But she does offer there was a premonition. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. So someone knew that something bad was going to happen. So John Edward clarifies, but it hasn't happened. And she says, no. So then he does that thing. He says, okay, that's not what we're talking about. And he he moves along. He's not taking that bait. Um, He's like, you brought that here. I told you (laughs) no butterflies, no premonitions. I start the, (laughs) I start the conversations. So here he does this thing where he's got a few candidate members of the audience who all seem like, oh, I kind of have something that matches the stuff you're talking about. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he starts doing this. Let's figure out who it is that we're making the connection with. So Uh, it's one of you four, you know, and we're going to keep kind of bouncing little clarifying questions. Here are the nominees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. For best dramatic actor. (laughs) 
Okay, so I'm feeling like there's breast or lung cancer. That's not quite getting... Oh my God, this poor guy is striking out with these very broad right. base questions. Right, but it's like... Well, I can't think of any way I've been harmed. What happened? Ooh, I can't think of anyone with the most common cancer. What happened to the vehicle crash? What happened to Pennsylvania? <laughs> are, are they coming back? Are they not? How much of that do I need to store in my short-term memory? Did this happen in Pennsylvania? You're talking really fast. It's hard to take notes. So one of the candidates says, well, my dad had black lungs. Like, you know, he had, I I assume he was like a minor or something like that. Yeah. But she just offers that detail that her dad had black lungs. And John Edwards says, okay, well, I'm not sure yet. And, you know, (laughs) I approach this with a skeptical look. Oh, good. Telling us, you know, like his thought process, you know, do I go back to this person? Do I advance to someone different? You know, I'm just trying to figure this out with all of you. You know, I just get these pieces of information, Mm. trying to put them together. So he's at least giving us a little insight into why none of this is working at the moment. Well, let's get the next candidate statement and see which of these nominees. So he starts to tie some of these things together and say, "Okay, but I'm looking for someone that you're connected to who passed in an event. They weren't sick. It wasn't sickness. He wants like a shooting or something. Yeah. And so he specifies, I'm thinking, okay, like a child died in an event. He's got another person in his sights and he says, was your dad a drinker? And they say yes to that. Okay, because he's telling me that he's hanging out on the other side in a pub. <laughs> okay. So apparently people on the other side do things like regular humans do. Yeah, they're charging for alcohol up there. Yep. <laughs> They've got pubs, whatever. Yeah, there will be these weird little glimpses of the afterlife that don't make yeah. any sense to me. Yeah, it really makes you want to be like, whoa, stop everything. Okay, are there bathrooms? Yeah, late, later on I'll mention like a question I wanted to ask him, but I'd love to hammer out his theology. Yeah, yeah. And he gives us a few answers later about this, but it's like, really, okay, he's in a pub. You got to laugh out of that, but that doesn't make any sense. Anyways, so he's got that woman now with the dad who drank mm-hmm. and pivots to, did you have a funny family story where you thought a stuffed animal was possessed? Whoa. Yeah, which if you ask me, I would remember a story of my son thinking this little rocking horse that he had was possessed. Oh, wow. Okay. So okay. So it, maybe this is just common. It wasn't me, but it would have been an easy shift. Yeah. Uh, okay. Did I think anything was possessed? Like, I definitely, as a kid, was so attached to my stuffed animals. And if my mom tried to get rid of one, I'd cry because oh. I really thought they had spirits. Oh, right. So you yeah. could easily tie that in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess so. I wouldn't have put it as possessed, but I'm sure he'd accept yeah. the pivot. You know, and he's so good at rephrasing things in such a way that he's like, oh, yeah, well, I was thinking that, but it could easily be this. And mm-hmm. and he'll lay that out sometimes in these readings where he'll say, OK, because I saw this image and usually it means this, but sometimes it now does mean you what you just that. said. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Another thing to watch for. Also, you know, just be taking notes if you want to do cold readings. This is a master class. OK. Like. Is it? I'm going to say yes. I I feel like it's a common skeptical response to say like, ah, they're not even a good cold reader. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say he's a good cold reader. Now, the shifts. Yeah, the segues just sound really rough. Yeah, the segues are super rough, but I think only when you play him in slow-mo. Yeah. Okay. I think he does this so quickly and, you know, with his little wry smile and his friendly demeanor and his little jokes inserted, it's smooth. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like one of the lessons of this show is like... 
life comes at you too fast to analyze these kinds mm-hmm. of things. And unless mm-hmm. you have two weirdos who will sit down with like a spreadsheet <laughs> yeah, and actually check, you're going to miss a lot of nonsense. Check their furious notes. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're welcome for being your weirdos. <laughs> so yeah, if you zoom in, you see the bumps. Yeah. So the woman laughs at this and she said, yeah, we did. We had a doll that we thought was possessed. He says, oh, that's creepy. And, you know, that gets a good laugh, too. <laughs> Is uh, it to you? You talk to dead people all the time. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's creepy to you? Fair. Good Thank point. You. Did you get rid of it? I think the woman said that she did get rid of it. Anyways. And then he asks, Is your mom still here? So, again, open-ended question. I think the answer was yes, because he says, okay, there's an older woman who's trouble with a capital T. Nice music mm. man reference. And so the woman says, oh, that's probably my sister. Mm-hmm. That, that gets a good laughter. Oh, that oh, problem, we sister. know about her. Okay, because I'm seeing you have the energy of being open and receptive. Okay, that's just a nice statement. Who's yeah. going to disagree with that? Nope, very close, non-receptive. <laughs> so then he asks, who's Buddy or Betty? And she says, Buddy is my brother. Oh, is he passed? No. Okay, all right, so shift here because of course if she had said yes he'd be running yep okay you know i'm sensing buddy or whatever all right well i hate to say this but they're equating your brother with the dog i think he was thinking buddy was going to be a dog oh uh and uh it ended up being her brother and her brother's still alive so now the people on the other side are somehow tying her brother to the dog okay i don't know sure nothing more than a, a little bit of a chuckle line i'll just leave that there he says and did somebody teach no. Nobody is taught. <laughs> For me, that would be a super hit. Like, yeah, everyone in my family are teachers. My dad, yeah. my stepmom, my mom, my sister. We're all teachers. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows a teacher of something, even if they're like, you know, driver's ed or they teach a class online. I mean, come on, you know, someone yeah. is a teacher. And I think she said that I was a teacher or something like ah, that. okay. And he says they're acknowledging that. And there's like murmurs. <laughs> the real heroes. Clap, 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 clap. Murmurs from the audience like, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> they like the teachers in heaven. Clap, 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 clap. Did he say hello to any general concepts? So, I mean, he was pulling out all these spirits, but were there any concepts he said hi to? Well, he's no Cindy Kaza, so mm-hmm. far fewer highs coming from the dead people this time. Okay, because I was thinking one thing he could say hello to is fresh. Because I know that when I'm just sitting around in my home, I'm like, hello, fresh! <laughs> As you should, especially if there's a knock at the door, because someone has just left you a package, because that package may very well be from HelloFresh. Oh my God, it's so true. And you know what? Now that you say that, it reminds me that this episode is sponsored in part by HelloFresh, the meal service. Well, it's a good thing we're talking about them because everybody's got to eat. Mm-hmm. You got to eat. Mm-hmm. And well, we've we've talked to a few people who claim they don't have to eat. Breatharians. Yeah. Okay, this is not a good service for breatharians. <laughs> But for the rest of you. <laughs> that should be their slogan. Yeah. You're welcome to it, HelloFresh. No <laughs> additional cost. But yeah, what's nice about them is they help you skip trips to the grocery store. You can make cooking real easy by just getting it delivered to your ding-dang door. Yeah. And it's as flexible as you could want. You see what's coming up. Like you log into the website. You see the meals that they've planned for you for the next week. You can go through and say, oh, let me see some other options. Oh, no, I like what they already picked. Or let's swap this one out with this one. Or let's add an extra one. Or let's remove this one. It's so flexible. You do whatever you want. I'm going to 
Ecuador, so I don't want it this week. No right. Problem. Pause Let's skip it. this week. Yep. And there's always like 50 or more options. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot lo- of choices. And lots of vegetarian options. Mm-hmm. And they're pre-portioned. They're high quality ingredients. And they're at peak ripeness. And even a dummy like Ross. Yeah can follow these step-by-step recipes. Oh, you know where this is going. Ross measures twice and cuts once. Oh, we've learned from previous ads. Yep, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I am a very incompetent cook, but I can make tasty meals out of HelloFresh. In fact, here's some bean patty burgers I made. Ooh, that looks good. The other day. Yeah, yeah. and it took me a heck of a long time to do it. But after I did, <laughs> I was nervous about this one. I was like, did I mess up the potatoes? Nope. No. The family ate it, and Kara nice. was the first one to be like, "Oh, that's actually really good." Oh, nice. And uh, young Drew, he wanted to split the last one because we order for four. Right. So then they're generous portions. So usually we have to save that last portion for leftovers. But he wanted to go split that last burger with oh, me. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, good stuff. And you know, if you're going away for the summer, you can just update your delivery address. They'll follow you around. Oh yeah, haven't thought to do that, but. You can. Yeah. And the plans are flexible, so they work with your changing schedule. I'm uh, I'm just like flipping through my photos now. Here's some enchiladas I Ooh, made. Ooh, enchilada verde. Yum, yeah. Yum. Those are good. Yeah. I've been cooking. And sometimes Kara bails me out and she'll do the cooking. Mm-hmm. But I cook most of them. And you gave me a free code because I'm your friend. And we used it. We got three yeah. free meals out of it. Sweet. That's I great. I think we still had to pay like $5 shipping or something. But come on. For yeah. three meals? Oh, man. That's totally am- worth it. That's amazing. Delicious. And, and I will say, when Kara cooks, I did time her once. Mm-hmm. And I think it said 35 minutes of cook prep time. And it was ready in 40 minutes. Oh, okay. So with Pretty a close. competent person in the kitchen, <laughs> it will take the time advertised. Yeah, I feel like I actually can mind steps. I'm probably a little quicker than it says. Oh, very nice. Impressive. Oh, thank you. Uh, probably. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Ono16 and use code Ono16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Ono16 and code Ono1616 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, it's not a good service for breatharians, but it's good for everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all slogans should begin with an acknowledgement of the (laughs) 0.002%. The limits of your market. Always start with the limits of your market. And you know, there are people who just don't use computers. They don't use the internet. They're not interested in websites. Well, the following ad is not for them. Yeah, they probably don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, that's right. So this ad is not for you. They would not want to create a website, and they would not be interested in Squarespace. Squarespace! What a great website for those of us who visit websites. Yeah, we're definitely ordering this correctly. But yeah, those of us who are savvy, Mm -hmm. we know how to use the web. We know how to use a browser. We know what an HTTP is, or maybe we don't. We don't. But we want a website. But we want a website. We recognize that in this connected digital world, one simply does not exist unless one has a website. And we don't have to know HTML or CSS Mm -mm. or JavaScript Mm -mm. or anything like that. We can make a beautiful website Or if we happen to know those things, we can 
get even fancier with their website because it's Squarespace. You want to tinker under the hood, they'll let you. You want to leave that in place and just drive your ding-dang car? You can. It's extensible. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. So, okay, listen, you get a beautiful website. Mm -hmm. You get to engage with your audience. You can sell anything you want on there. Maybe you have products, maybe you have content, maybe you want a blog, maybe you have a service, you want to sell your own time. Mm -hmm. It does have different templates for all the different ways you might be a person who wants a website. Yeah, let the template get you 90% of the way there and then make it your own. Yeah. Plus, you can create pro-level videos effortlessly zero effort they've got the squarespace video studio app so that's cool i bet it's a little effort though (laughs) yeah okay you know minimal effort okay and all websites are optimized for mobile so you don't have to like create this responsive design thing do a bunch of a b testing and how does it look on this device with this resolution no your website will just look like it's supposed to yeah they'll figure it out for you thank god so head to squarespace.com slash oh no for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code oh no to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I think I will. Squarespace. It's not for people who don't use the internet, but for everyone else, it's a good place to build a website. But Ross, I know you want to return to John Edward, and I do too. But I think it's really important that we interrupt ourselves for a movie review. (laughs) Movie review that you neither asked for (laughs) nor wanted. (laughs) So, yeah, last episode, we talked about Buddha Maitreya. Yes. Who is Jesus, but also Buddha, but also a lot of other figures who has come back. He is reincarnated. He makes YouTube videos from Central California, well, Central Northern. He is a guy in his 70s, early 70s, is that right? Yeah, this sounds like one of those 70s dating shows. Contestant number three (laughs) is in his uh, middle 40s. He's in Northern California, and he is the reincarnated Jesus and Buddha. (laughs) But he mostly talks about the Buddha aspect. (laughs) So he claimed that he is the real story on which this little movie, Little Buddha, is based. And we were intrigued. Yeah, so it's this 1993 movie that has been swept under the rug. And let me tell you, good sweep in society because it's yeah. not very good. It belongs under the rug. That's where it should be. <laughs> but, you know, we searched under the rug. Because if you try searching on any streaming platform, nobody carries Little Buddha. They're like, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I guess it did show up in the search results, but nobody was carrying it on, yeah. you know, the Roku network. It seems like it didn't even come out on DVD. I might be wrong oh. about this. It's not like I did a deep dive, but like, it was hard to find this yeah. movie. Yeah, you search for it and it's like, oh yeah, nobody is using their rights to this film. Yeah. Somebody has the rights and they're like, eh, don't, could, don't worry about it. Could so easily be a Mandela effect thing where people are like, I oh, swear yeah. to God, that movie existed. Remember when Keanu Reeves played Buddha? <laughs> Siddhartha Gautama was Buddha? This can't be right. That sounds no? terrible. Why can't I find this anywhere? <laughs> Turns out it was a real thing. It was a real movie. Yes, with Keanu Reeves. Yep. And Chris Isaac, the music star and horrible actor. Horrible. 
horrible actor, you, at least in this instance. You sent me a quote from Roger Ebert. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That really sums this, this up This is well. before I had seen it. So, yeah, read it to me now that I've seen it because I forget what it was. <laughs> so good. Let's begin with a not exactly hypothetical question. If you were approached by a Tibetan monk in robe and sandals who explained that your 10-year-old child is a reincarnated Buddhist teacher, and if the monk invited your child to Tibet, how would you react? No plausible answer to that question is contained in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a brilliant summation of this film. It really is, because even the highest emotional reaction you could have and the lowest is not represented in this film it's all outside the bounds of how any of this would happen yeah so you could say no weirdo get away from my kid Mm -hmm. or you could say wow that's amazing tell me more but nothing like that happened you have these angsty parents Mm-hmm. Who are like super fucking. I don't know why they felt it was so important. <laughs> it's so not important to the story, but they're like, just so you know, these two are like very sexual. They're going off in the corner and like really pulling each other's clothes off. And then they have a conversation about how their son might be the Buddha. <laughs> why do we need that? It's so early 90s. It's just written all over it. And they live in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And every time you're in Seattle, they put like three blue filters over the frame. Mm, yeah. So it's like deep, dark. You can barely see any details blue yeah. whenever we're there for some reason. But yeah, these Tibetan monks come out to Seattle because they've sensed that their master, who's passed away, might have reincarnated as this young boy who looks a lot like Jake Lloyd as Anakin Skywalker in episode one for anybody trying to picture that and he plays it in the same way just like i'm overly excited i'm going to exclaim every line that's given to me that is my one flex as a young actor really wide-eyed i'm not faulting him but you know young actor that's fine but come on director like let's try to get some other reads out of the kid that seem a little more i don't know serious you know i'm being identified as a major spiritual leader yeah or like some indication that maybe it's true like is this kid really wise or no nope. he's just the most average 10 year old in I the world an, i wear an oakland days baseball cap <laughs> yeah Let's get McDonald's. Mom, can we go to Tibet? I'd really like to know if I'm the teacher. So bizarre. Like he's not, there's nothing about him that makes you like, well, maybe. Oh yeah. He seems like an extraordinary child. Yeah. Nope. Nope. No. As basic as it gets. He's just straight out of jingle all the way. So (laughs) Totally. So one of my favorite things is how bad this script is because (laughs) I knew that the plot would not be good. Yes. But for some reason, I imagine the script would be fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently the director is kind of a big deal. I forget who it is. It's an Italian director. Yeah. Didn't recognize the name. Bertolucci. Is that it? Something like that, yeah. Here, hang on. Let me let me find this. Ber- yeah, Bernardo Bertolucci. Okay, let's see. What else has he done? The Last Emperor. Yeah, see, he's a big deal. The Last, last Tango in Paris. Stealing Beauty. Okay. Yeah, this just happens to be one of his clunkers, you Ooh, know? Yeah, what a clunker. But yeah, there's a funny interview with him where apparently he was just like a really big 
had a really big head. And so there's some funny interviews of news magazine reporters coming to his house and him being like, wow, are you here? Come and sit next to my statue. You know, just one of those types. Okay, fun. Anyway, so I still imagined that the script was going to like, you know, be well formed. Uh You know, how would this play out if it happened? No, it is so bad. And (laughs) (laughs) laughably bad. Yeah, I actually propulsively, gutturally laughed when the monks (laughs) walk straight up to a man on the street and say, we are monks from Tibet. (laughs) Like, this is how you introduce yourself in real life and not in a film. Yeah, nothing anybody said was the way that people say things in real life. You know, it's just one of those films and unintentionally funny all throughout. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think there are three separate places to three different characters that they say, well, we are monks from Tibet. Just how? Why? So also inexplicably, we keep cutting back to the life of Buddha. (sighs) Which is a totally different tone from the first part of the movie. And I don't sense the connection. Like we're talking about a reincarnated teacher. Yeah. I guess they, as they're finding this young boy, they're trying to explain to him, because apparently he doesn't remember from his past life, the story of Buddha. And they've got like a little picture book for him. And then we keep imagining this past story of Siddhartha finding suffering in the world and changing his thoughts and becoming a ascetic. Yeah. So most recently, the little boy may have been this other teacher, but that other teacher was the reincarnated Buddha. Yeah, so down, he's, down he's the both. line. Yeah, he's yeah. a llama. And so there are three kids who might be the reincarnated Buddha. There's this yep. kid. There's... Uh, they finally get him to go to Tibet, and then he finds out, oh, we've got two other kids who are also candidates. Yeah. And we're going to test you out and see who's the real Buddha. So the the real reincarnated Lama Buddha. Right. So I think one was in Africa and then one is nearby, like in Kathmandu or something. It's like, why didn't you focus on option three first? Mm, Much mm -hmm. closer. Yeah. And option three, that kid is actually like, well, first of all, she's a girl. That's fun. Yeah. But she's kind of full of herself. You know, she's more like, yes, I am wise. And I was at least like, okay, this makes sense. If you're nine and you're told that you have like greatness within you, you'd be more like this girl. But at least for some reason, she inexplicably stops being mean. And Mm. then they get along just fine. And they're all on the same side, apparently. Also, this movie's really long. It's two hours and 22 minutes. Yeah, it's awful. Why? Yeah, never watch this. I don't know why we're telling you about it. (laughs) We watched it so they don't have to. Don't. (laughs) Ross watched it so I didn't have to, and I still watched it. (laughs) But boy, it is truly very bad. And I was talking to Drew, uh, my... husband about it (laughs) and he's kind of a film nerd you know went to film school blah 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 and he was like oh yeah there's this whole genre of movies from like the 90s where you know these white directors got kind of enamored of the east and made Mm. this kind of thing and then we were both like oh yeah there is this whole genre of this and in the early 90s we're all super Mm self-serious 90s in general but you know but someone go and make a podcast just about these getting swept under the rug that would be so fun yeah yeah and big name keanu reeves plays siddhartha gautama wearing makeup to make his skin darker darker i was relieved i didn't realize that keanu reeves had chinese ancestry i was a little relieved to find that out but still he's using this indian accent that's just it's all not right 
You know the word cringy? You hear the word cringy yeah, around? Yeah, lots of cringing. This is the definition of cringy. I don't feel any slight on Keanu Reeves. He's great, but I'm sure he cringes at this too. I, I'm sure, <laughs> I bet so. I'm sure everyone involved with this film, maybe not the director, but I'm sure almost everybody is like, let's just forget this ever happened. Yeah, it seems like a vow of secrecy. And oh my God, like all the acting is bad. Yeah. Keanu Reeves on down, but just Chris Isaac in particular who plays the dad. <laughs> it's just, it's the most wooden. So bizarre. It's like, why wouldn't the director say, try delivering that again with feeling? Yeah, why don't you just or, imagine he feels anything? Do you not want to be in this movie? <laughs> We could find somebody else. Yeah, he's doing this thing where he's just basically like, I don't know if my son's the Buddha. <laughs> but takes that his son seems... to Tibet. You know what? Let's. <sighs> yeah, for no reason, he just decides all of a sudden, yeah, let's do it. You know? And he takes yeah, him. To... Okay, I guess I'll take you to Tibet, but like. It's just head scratchingly. I just don't think you're the Buddha. Confusing. None of his reactions make any sense. Yeah, this is just a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, he's reacting to it the way you'd react if like, your kid was like, remember when I played the drums? And you're like, you did? <laughs> oh, I don't think he played the drum. I don't think that's right, but maybe it's right. That's like his level of reaction to my son is the living Buddha. It's like, so, I don't think so. <laughs> And then that's supposed to carry us through 140 yeah. so, minutes. Yeah, so, you know, basic plot. They do take him to Tibet. They evaluate all the kids, have them do things like, which hat out of these five hats do you prefer? You know, like the stories you hear about them finding their old implements. And, oh, that's, you know, they knew because that's them come back, even though they forgot the basic story of Buddha's biography. <laughs> but he picked the right tea. So it goes through all of that. And then turns out that all three of them are different aspects of the Buddha. This is very rare, but it happens sometimes. Mm, so they're all... That's right. They're all the reincarnated Buddha. But then they start getting special training and they're wearing the robes. And the boy seems, I don't know, just a little not into it. And mm -hmm. then one night suddenly he runs away. I tried watching that twice. I have no idea what the inciting incident for him was that made him like decide, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want to go back to oh, America. Oh, yeah. I think by then my brain had tuned out. So. Yeah. I mean, I just suddenly saw him on a boat heading back to America. I was like, wait, what happened? Yeah, and he it's has a bunch of ashes or something. So I go back and yeah, it still didn't make any sense. Yeah. I cool. Don't, don't know what any of that was about. But then, you know, he's back in America and presumably they did okay without him. <laughs> yeah. So where did you find it? Because I couldn't find it initially. Illicitly. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Boy, what a strange movie. And everyone listening to this probably, well, I bet someone will find it. But for you, the most part, they're going to have trouble. You'd have to work to find it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, don't do it. It's a bad movie. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll release it with our own interspersed commentary. <laughs> there we go. Maybe. <sighs> probably not. But maybe. Little Buddha. Little Buddha. Two thumbs way up but the reason we're talking about it the true story of ronald lloyd spencer aka buddha matreya oh yeah so he claims this was all about him based on his life i doubt it well he didn't say the movie was based on his life he started telling the story that roughly sounded like the movie someone noticed that he had probably seen the movie and <laughs> that's <laughs> probably how things went we don't know in my mind's eye yeah that, that seems on. like the most likely timeline but who knows but, oh my gosh, Ron Spencer, if you're out there, I would love to talk to you. Oh, also, the little boy who played the little boy, he didn't go on to a big acting
career. He is now, though, doing what seems like kind of cool progressive activism within the church. He's quite Christian, but he's pushing for like anti-racism and stuff within the Christian church. He seems like a cool guy. Maybe he is the Dalai Lama. Maybe. And I tweeted at him or something because I found him and he only had like 40 followers or something. And I was like, hey, you want to come on a podcast? But he hasn't responded. Rude. I know. So if you are that guy, tell us what it was like to make Little Buddha. What was it like? Weird? Bad? Was it bad? (laughs) (laughs) That was our review. That's our review. Two thumbs way up. No. It is almost so bad it's good. There's about 15 minutes where I was really in joy. If you can watch it with someone else who appreciates a bad movie, Mm -hmm. you'll have a good time. Yeah, it's a little long, but yeah. Okay, well, while we're off the beaten path, I've got something to share with you. Yeah, what's that? Do not bend. (laughs) Yeah, do not bend. Good advice in life in general. So... I work at Disney Animation Studios. Whoa. That's my day job. I didn't know that. And we get a lot of mail from mm-hmm. people who just write Disney Animation Studios. Yep. In this case, sent it to the wrong address, but okay. Disney figured out what was going on, sent it to the right one. So I just happened to be walking down the hallway today where my coworker, uh, Melissa, who uh-huh. happens to read the messages that get anonymously sent to Disney Animation, was kind of smacking her head at this and <laughs> yeah. held up a photo. And I looked at this photo and I thought, huh, it kind of looks like, uh, I don't know, Bigfoot or something. <laughs> <laughs> she read this letter to me uh-huh. and I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Hi, I am name redacted. It's a very unusual looking woman's name, I would assume. Okay. I have been going through an unbelievable experience along with many other people. Hmm. On February 3rd, 2019, that is the day my life changed forever. I found out I have the spirit of Walt Disney with me. (gasps) Not only did Walt put myself and my sister on a wild (gasps) ride, period, to top... (laughs) Wait a minute. Okay, sorry. Go on. Go on. To top it off, he didn't come alone. He brought God God Almighty and all of the gods of history. By the way, we've got random capitalization happening here. So like God Almighty is capitalized. Gods is capitalized. Of history is capitalized. Including the prophets, capital P. Okay. And many more. Including past celebrities and famous people of history. For the first time in our lifetime, my sister and I have all the evidence, capital E, that they all existed. We have hundreds of actual spirit photos of all of them in a bank vault. Whoa. Or you may take your own. We are not professional photographers. Walt has kept us incognito up till now. Okay. I am leaving you with these two special gifts. Please share them. You have their permission to help raise funds for your place of worship as long as the funds are not used for greed. Capital G. (laughs) One was taken at, she names the park and the city, in early 2020 at the Jesus Tree. I am also enclosing one of God Almighty. Each of the trees trees at this remarkable park, we have photographs of a god or a prophet, including Moses, Enoch, Buddha, Muhammad, Allah, and many more. They know our world is in jeopardy, and that is why they are making their presence known. We all have to come together as one if we wish to save mankind. Please take a look at these photos. Look, <laughs> look at them from many different angles and with different shades of light. 
What I speak is the truth. Thank you. Name redacted. You ready for these photos? Yeah. Here's the first one. I don't know what's right side up. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, the human mind's a wonder. Isn't it? Yeah, this is a very pixelated image. Look at it from different angles and under various lighting conditions. Yeah, if I if imagine that maybe like Bigfoot's in there or something, I can make it work, but my coworker it's, was concerned it's a nonsense image. My coworker was concerned at first that it might be a photo of male genitalia. <laughs> okay. She, she says some pretty gnarly things come in the mail, you know. Oh sure. Some stuff gets tossed out. Some oh my stuff goodness. This one reply. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's a black and white. Yeah, grayscale image of it almost looks like a Rorschach test or something, those kinds of blobs, but they're not symmetrical. But it's like a paint blob. Mm-hmm. It certainly doesn't tell me anything new about the universe. Yeah, and the first one that I handed Carrie is like an 8 by 10 Yeah, it's big. photo, but it's super blurry, like maybe zoomed in on an artifacted part of a like a JPEG image. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like... A bunch of light and dark streaks, maybe plant matter, yeah, leaves. Could be blood on a slide. But like, I don't even know what the scale is here. Yeah, it's so blurry. And my first thought was Sasquatch. And then, yeah, the second photo that we were looking at is like just modeled grayscale. And yeah, it could be like a close-up of, I don't know, almost like an ultrasound or... Mm-hmm. Or like something under a microscope, maybe. But, you know, it's just like it's textured. I don't see any image, uh, certainly not a prophet or God Almighty. Anyways, just letters like this come in. Wow. And I said, how often do you get something like that? Like, you know, yeah. spiritual message. He said, I think this is the first one. And I've been oh, doing wow. this for years. And I said, can I have it? She's <laughs> like, sure, I was going to toss it out. So there, nice. there we go. I have it. Well, you know, when we went to the Conscious Life Expo, there was was someone there who claimed that she channeled Walt Disney with her sister. Really? Yes. Oh. I know because I took the flyer home because I couldn't find the actual people. I took the flyer home and I showed it to Natalie Palomides, who makes Hidden Mickeys with me, a weekly Ah. show that everybody loves that's always on. Yep. And we did try calling the sisters and saying we want a reading from Walt, but they never called us back. Weird. But I wonder if it's the same sisters or if Walt Disney's just out there haranguing sisters. Okay. But yeah, I just love that this person typed this up with all the capital letters and printed it out and sent it off to Walt Disney Animation Studios. So when I was on the Neighborhood Council here in Hollywood, our neighborhood was called Hollywood Studio District Neighborhood Council. And someone in, I forget if it was India or Pakistan, mailed a pretty sizable envelope to just Anthony Hopkins care of Hollywood (laughs) and it made it to us at the neighborhood council because we were basically the only city entity with Hollywood like officially in the name yeah I remember this story but I would have forgotten where I heard it this is okay yeah so we get this package and of course Similar to your experience here, all my colleagues are just going like, what is this, huh? I don't know. Throw it away. This isn't anything. And I'm like, no, this is the best thing of the day. Everybody's attention here. But it was someone who had bought a DVD of an Anthony Hopkins movie from when Anthony Hopkins was in like his 20s. Okay. And I think it was that the DVD itself wouldn't play. (laughs) 
<laughs> they were like, I'm going to mail this to Hollywood and I'm going to send it to the guy who starred in the movie. But I mean, I'm still I'm amazed that it got to us. There is a very serious part of me that might actually act on this. If I receive such a thing, I would be very tempted to actually buy a fresh copy of the movie and send it back with a little note and pretending to be Anthony Hopkins. If I remember correctly, they didn't give a return address. Oh. And just, we just knew from like the postmark where they were coming from. But it was like, you're going to want to know this, (laughs) Anthony humans that's all of us though we've all got real weird minds yeah boy are we pattern seekers yeah it felt like such a crossover from my cfiig work and the work for the podcast Mm -hmm. leading into disney life and i said please if you ever get anything else like this (laughs) I, i want it and that made my day that was fantastic oh yeah it would be really fun to make a little separate archive of like the disney odd files Yeah. You know? Well, when we post this on Facebook, someone remind me and I'll share the images. Okay, cool. That's really fun. Well, I want to hear more about John Edward. Okay. So we've been talking a lot about other things. So I'll just tell you one more story from my John Edward VIP Mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. No disco balls yet. Yeah. And then we'll save the rest for next week. There's more to this story, but now we've at least decompressed a bit of kind of how he does his readings. But- This is exciting because the next question that he took, he'd kind of worked the area around the first question asker and he was ready to take the next question. And he called upon the young woman standing behind me Mm -hmm. in her orange shirt. And I swear she'd be an excellent player of operator telephone Mm. because she... I want to say repeated verbatim the question that I fed her to John Edward. So essentially, I got to ask him two questions that night because I will will get called upon later in the evening. So she asked, what's the longest you've gone without making a connection? John Edward immediately said, oh, I don't get new questions very often that make me ask. And you jumped up and said, that was my question. No. Okay. I'm not a crazy person. (laughs) He said that make me ask myself, what's my answer to that? Mm. So he said, you know, I'd say like a month. Okay. Like around January, I'll take some time to decompress. You know, I won't take on clients around that time. And with clients, maybe I've gone three to four weeks without like acting as a psychic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'd say like maybe up to a month where I'm just, I'm not in that mode. Now I'm still talking with my guides. Oh, I wonder why that doesn't count, but okay. I don't know. At least it's not connecting with spirits of the departed, Mm. I guess. Okay. Slightly different category. And he lets us know you all have the guides too. And he says, that was a great question. He liked that one. (laughs) So there we go. That was my question. (laughs) I was very proud of myself. I was proud of the woman behind me. I was proud of John Edward. Her tremendous verbal recall. Just filled with pride. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that was the second question. So there will be more questions. There will be more working our way through the audience and Mm. and learning good techniques. There will be analysis of said techniques. And you're going to ask another question? Yeah. That's right. What will happen in the VIP breakout afterwards? Yeah. Ross will get to ask a question of John Edward. Exciting. Face to face. He'll see me. I'm trying to, okay, let me think of what I think it's going to be. Does it have to be about his process? It's about his profession. Oh, okay. Okay, I think it's going to be a quality control question. Like, how do you spot the bad psychics? That kind of question. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hold on to that, everybody. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Carrie may be onto something. All right. Well, hope that's been 
insightful and i hope you enjoyed our little buddha review yeah and uh is that our uh movie review yeah theme we, song? hello we've been doing that for 11 years oh, we always true. do that's, movie that's reviews and regular that's show i just momentarily forgot song. Yeah. and that's also been our a mailbox from walt disney animation studios see it's good well thanks for coming along with us for all of that and we've talked too long we're gonna stop so Okay. We'll see you next week. That's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. You can support what we do to make sure you get more of these adventures mm-hmm. by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. That's how you become part of our family mm-hmm. with like um, a lateral move, like a cousin mm. or a friend or a Max Fun That's supporter. how you become one of our contemporaries. Exactly. Yes. And then it'll make it really hard for John Edward to read us because there will be so many of you supporting oh, yeah, our yeah. show. Please do that. But you can also support us by leaving a positive review. Yeah. That, re- that really does help. It makes us look legit. It helps other people find us mm-hmm. so that we pop to the top when you type in, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then they go like, oh, oh, people listen to the show. Oh, they like this show. That's great. Yeah, exactly. That's you how people how talk to themselves. Yeah. It's better than Little Buddha. And remember, from Crossing Over with John Edward. And he's telling me to acknowledge the person who ran the meat store or the person who worked in food or they did something with food because I've got a food feeling like I feel like I'm actually slicing meat in a deli or something. I feel like I've got that connection. Who worked with the food? Who worked with meat or sliced in a deli or did this? They can still be here. Well, I used to have a dessert catering business. Did he help you with this? No, but not really. This has to be somebody who's in meat. Specifically, what they're showing me is prosciutto. Where's the CR? Like Carmine, Karen, Chris? Who's got that? Who is that? It's my ex-sister-in-law. Okay. It's that family that we're probably going to be acknowledging that last statement to as well. Now, let me just say, okay. (laughs) Now, you're not related to her husband? Mm -mm. Okay. But you must have known him because he told me to say hello to you. Yeah. Hi. (laughs) I think I'm coming to you. You've got the S connections on the other side because it's coming through from him. I'm supposed to say that your father's there as well. Uh-huh. He's telling me to, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was going to be obviously ready to argue with like, yes, he is. No, no, um, no, no, no. That cause, was like. Okay, because this man's telling me to acknowledge that your father is there. I'm also going to tell you that there's a connection to somebody listening to, this is my musical section, there's a connection to um, a male opera singer. There's a connection to something with male opera. I'm hearing loud opera voice, whether it be Mario Lanza or Pavarotti, Placido, I don't know what this is. Um, Josh Groban, but there's like a male voice, loud. Is it for her? It's here. It's My here. My father listened to Andre Bocelli a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then it's to the point that it's as if somebody made a song or a cassette or a CD of music to remind me of dad, like that kind of, that kind of stuff. That. Okay. My brother did it. Now, mom is also crossed? No. Well, really? Not since I've talked to her. <laughs> No, I think that what he's trying... Let me just say this. Was he married before? No. Okay. Your dad has a female energy who's with him. Uh-oh. <laughs> that I would see is not being his sister. Okay. That's there. I feel like it's another female energy that he wants to reference. It's a non-blood connection to him. Okay, and her name was... <laughs> Hold on, let me ask him. 
is going to even sound worse. I'm like digging a deeper hole here. Um, might somebody have been a Rockette? He's dancing. <laughs> he looks amazing in these tights. <laughs> All I know. As long as he's happy. <laughs> as long as he's happy. <laughs> for a movie. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, there's that new foreign film with the time travel. There's an amazing documentary about queer history on streaming. Have I told you about this classic where giant robots fight? Or there's that one that most critics hated, but I thought was actually pretty good. Ooh, I know. The one with the huge car chase, and then there's that scene where the, the car, car jumps, jumps over, over the submarine. submarine. Wow, who are you eclectic movie experts? Well, I'm Ify Wadiwe. I'm Drea Clark. And I'm Alonzo Duraldi. And together, we host the movie podcast Maximum Film. New episode episodes every week on MaximumFun.org. And you actually just walked into our recording booth. Oh, weird. Sorry. I thought this was a video store. You seem like a lady with a lot of problems. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.